Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and Silent Disco IPA. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic Fantastic products must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Paydirt is brought to you by our partners at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline.ag today, or use your mobile device to join and place your first bet use our promo code believe 50 that's b-l-e-a-v-5-0 to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit pater is presented by bet online where the game starts and of course we invite you to head to shop.believe.com that's shop.believ.com and search pater for our two official t-shirts one has the official show logo over the heart it comes in white navy blue and black and the other is navy blue it's got the pater word mark over the heart and on the back it has Matt McGloin's name and number circa the 2012 Penn State football team, which we will be celebrating the 10-year anniversary of that team with this upcoming Nittany Lion football season. So again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.believ.com and search Pater for our two t-shirts. This is such an exciting time of year for Penn State football. It's August. Camp is underway. All the position battles are going on. Everybody's trying to get ready for the 2022 season which is about to begin cannot wait to have some football finally however we have had such a good time during the offseason bringing you these exclusive interviews with former Penn State Nittany Lion football players that there was another one that Matt and I is going to be joining me in a moment we really wanted to have this conversation we've been fortunate to have wide receivers such as Allen Robinson on the show and we also got Brett Brackett and Graham Zug within the same episode at one point and when we spoke to Brackett and Zug you know it felt a little bit incomplete so we had to chase down Derek Moy former Penn State wide receiver who was a teammate of Brackett and Zugs and also came in at a very interesting time if you remember the trio of Dion Butler Jordan Norwood Derek Williams that was hovering over that wide receiver core and then as this new crop came in the three guys I just mentioned in terms of Zug Brackett and and Moy it was like well, how are you going to follow that? How are you going to follow this triumvirate where there's so much talent, so many big numbers that were put up, and frankly, just very different trios of wide receivers, and especially for Derek Moy. He was a guy who burst on the scene as a freshman and really opened some eyes that he could do some damage within the Big Ten. Rangy guy. He could run. He could beat some guys. He could really create some mismatches for Penn State that reminded a lot of people, in my opinion, of, of Joe Jaravicious once upon a time. It was really nice to see that big body receiver, especially when you had Brett Brackett complimenting him in a similar fashion. So Derek Moy, while he maybe didn't put up eye-popping numbers throughout his career, he was so consistent 
And the thing that was great about this conversation we had with Derek is you can hear how much he cared about his teammates and how much he cared about playing at Penn State. So Matt and I were thrilled to have this conversation. Derek Moy went on to play in the National Football League as well, and he's doing some exciting things now. So without further ado, here is former Penn State wide receiver Derek Moy. So, Derek, Penn State fans are well aware of your contributions as a wide receiver, your time in the National Football League. But what have you got your hands in now? So I work in um, fitness now. So I work with a lot of youth, a lot of youth athletes, um, both on performance of so strength and speed and then um, kind of separate, but very similar with um, receiver training as well. Outstanding. And you're also helping like kind of coach young players. Is that correct? Well, so I, I coached for a little bit. I coached on the high school level for um, two years and um, it I, and I accepted a head coach position, but it was just way too much. Um, you know, I, after that one year, I had so much, much, so much more respect for head coaches at the high school level just because of the amount of time um, that that they put in. And, you know, you, it's truly something that you have to love doing. Um, and also you have to you have to be, be able to from a work standpoint and just schedule standpoint, like dedicate a lot of your life to it. Sure. It's an immense part of the process. I can only imagine. Uh, we're thrilled to have you on here. We, we've, we're very fortunate to have uh, two of your wide receiver cohorts and Brett Brackett and Graham Zug on uh, a number of weeks ago. We had them on at the same time. So you can't really talk about Brackett and Zug without talking about yourself, Derek Moy. And you came in at this fascinating time for Penn State football and the wide receiver core, especially because you were right on the heels of arguably the best trio of wide receivers Penn State's ever had. I'm talking about Deion Butler, Jordan Norwood, and Derek Williams. When you arrived on campus, how did you, quote-unquote, follow that? Um, you know what? I mean, I, I was kind of like uh, maybe just a guy who was there, who was there, maybe a little bit naive and just like, I'm going in and like, I don't really care who's there. I'm playing. I'm good enough to play. Um, you know, and I knew those guys were there and I knew they were going to be there for what, at least probably two more years, but I didn't really necessarily know about like guys like, um, you know, Chris Bell at the time, Graham Zug, Brett Brackett, you know, some other guys who were on the roster as well, that also, um, you know, pretty good players, but it was very cool to go in and have those guys, you know, be, um, play at the level that they were able to play at and just see the way they approach things on a daily basis. You know, they were very different receivers for myself, um, so I was able to learn, you know, so much from them, just from, from things that I probably would, um, you know, wouldn't even have tried to do. Now walk me through your first time meeting Matt McGloin. What was that like? You know what? I don't necessarily know the first time I'm meeting him, but the first memory I have of Matt is, um, uh, just, I think his freshman year, I was kind of, I was on like, I was in that phase of like, I wasn't really, I was on like the varsity roster, but I wasn't really playing. So I wasn't really doing a lot like at practice. I was getting like second team reps. And, you know, meanwhile, I'm looking over the scout team um, field and McGloin's throwing, you know, 50, 60 yard bombs to AJ Price, like play <laughs> after play after play. I'm like, man, I got to get over there with him. <laughs> That's can, hilarious. That, can that you place. still throw it 60 yards, Matt? Uh, you know, it's funny. I was at, so probably 70 um, now. There was a, uh, a camp. Um, a football camp the other day here um, in downtown Scranton. And it was a, a Penn State camp. There were Penn State football players there. So, you know, I, I went down there just, just, to, just to hang around and say hello. But after the camp, I was actually throwing some passes. And, like, I still – I can still throw it a little bit, guys, but I, I'm, like, from my shoulder to my neck <laughs> was, like, on fire. So my arm is not, not in you know, that, that, that great a shape anymore. But, like – and I, obviously I'm sure Derek – you, know, you might agree with me here, like mentally, you you always feel great about the game. 
Like you definitely feel like you can, you know, still play and hop back in, but physically, like if you're not doing it every single day, the training, the throwing, the conditioning, the stretching, working on your mobility. I mean, that, that, that I feel like physically that just gets, it gets lost on you, you know? Absolutely, man. You know, I, um, with the receivers, I'll get, I'll get out there with the groups and I stay in shape on my, on my own, you know, it's working out. Um, and then I'll go out and try to show them a route and I'm like, man, you know what? I can't do that no more. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's like, I mean, again, dude, like that's, that's, this part, that's a part of staying healthy, um, you know, and, 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 and focusing on not on a daily basis. And that's kind of like the, the first thing I want to ask you, because I don't even remember ever even talking to you about this, like after it happened, after that game happened and it's going back to uh, 2011, Joe's 409th win when you were injured. You remember, oh, yeah, you remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So like you came in late in the game and I think like, uh, like the, I remember the stadium going crazy. Like the sideline was going crazy when you ran out there Um, because nobody expected you to play. You're dealing with a foot injury, you know? And I think I targeted you like four times on that final drive. You had two catches and I still sometimes get asked the question, like, why would you throw that ball all the way downfield on fourth and six? And it's like, Moy was Moy was open, and it's like you know he's open. I'm going to give him a chance to go make a play. It wouldn't matter if it was first down or, or or fourth and six with the game on the line, you know. And that's a touchdown if that guy doesn't hold you. But going back, dude, like talk about that week. What do you remember from the 409th win? Being injured, like were you upset knowing that you you probably weren't going to play? And then boom, all of a sudden fourth quarter final drive. I know you've been standing on the sideline for three hours, bud. But go ahead and play and make catches for us and try to help us win this game. Yeah, man, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it was just like one of those things. Um, obviously, I was injured, and I think it might have been – I don't know if it was that week or the week before. You know, as an athlete, you're always trying to push things. And I was just kind of messing around one day, and I was like, I, just like I'm going to try to run a little bit. And, you know, I actually was able to run. So I went and told, I think, the trainer. I was like, man, you know what? I, I think I can play. I can run. They were like, all right, well, let's put on some equipment. Let's kind of see what you were able to do. And they were actually very surprised with that, the way I was able to move, you know. And it hurt a lot, but at the end of the day, like it was like it was my senior year. You know, we were in the contention to win the Big Ten championship at that point. Um, so it was like it was it was uh, just something I wanted to be a part of, obviously. Um, you know, and as far as the game goes, man, it was one of those things. It was just like, I mean, it was what sleet, snow, rain. Yeah. And it was one of those games that like you, you don't realize it until you're not playing and how cold it is on the sidelines. Yeah. Yep. And the offense isn't really doing, you know, the, the, the game is just what I think it was like three to three or something like that. And. You know, so we were struggling, they were struggling. And, you know, finally, they actually, uh, I think McQuarrie came up to me. and was like, you know what, we're going to put you in. I was like, cool, man, about time. Like, I ain't getting up with you. I got me dressed up for no reason. <laughs> Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code paydirt15, paydirt15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. And I think literally... It was 7-3. It was 7-3, that final drive. You came in again, and, you know, you had a bunch of catches there. We were able to go right down the field, and Silas Red, you know, was able to score for us, you know, to, to, to make it 10-7. Then they, you know, obviously missed I, the field goal. And I'll, I will say this, man. I I, I, um, I kind of had the same reaction as some of the fans, man. Like, what the hell? He's doing it to me right now? <laughs> <laughs> Not just once. I, I, I tried to throw it to you four times. 
on that drive. But again, boy, like that wasn't like, it wasn't like, you know, I was, you know, just dialed in on you nonstop, right? You're trying to throw you the football as much as I can. Like usually the offensive playbook, you know, or if you're a good coordinator, you'll do your best weekly to structure plays, certain routes about, what you like what where's your wide receiver good what routes is he good at where can i put him in this formation how can i shift him how can i motion him how can i build a concept around him and as a quarterback obviously majority of the time defense is going to dictate where you go with the football right you have your man beaters your cover two your cover three beaters inside that passing concept but when you look back you know with the offense that we were running i mean let's be honest it was extremely basic and i don't think it was very good so if I had, if I had, if I had the chance, I'll, yeah, I was going to try to throw it, you know, to Moy, um, you know, when all things were even and let him go make a play for us. But, you know, I, I went back before the interview, today, I went back and I just looked at, you know, your career at Penn State and those game logs. You know, I, I don't think I found a game where you didn't have multiple catches that you played in, which is insane. Like, was that something you knew, you know, throughout your years at Penn State? Like, could you feel that consistency as a player week in, week out, knowing that, you know, I'm just going to keep doing me and the ball's going to find me? And that's difficult to do because we see it so much today. Like, they're, they're, wide receivers don't have a ton of patience when it comes to getting the football. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I think that it was a mixer of things. Just one, it was like um, I knew I wasn't going to get a lot of opportunities. So I knew the opportunities that I did get, I had to make the most of them. You know, they're they're – there are going to be times where, you know, I maybe get three targets and it's like, you kind of, it sucks, but you got to be okay with it. And, you know, I don't necessarily have the personality type to be like, all right, you know what, throw me the ball, like going to, going to the offensive coordinator, going to you. Um, so that's like, I appreciated playing with you more so just because like, um, I think you understood that a lot of the things, a lot of the things, a lot of the matchups, I think you understood that. And, um, you know, as an offense, we didn't necessarily made an, make an effort to get, one player of the ball, um, really any, at any point in time. And once again, I think I appreciated your style of play because, um, you know, you knew that we had playmakers and you knew how to, how to get us involved the right way. Yeah. And that's the thing too. I mean, I feel like that's always your part of the job as a quarterback. It is like, I gotta, like, I'm doing my job. I'm playing my position. Obviously I understand what everybody else is doing, man, but I gotta give this guy an opportunity to make a play for us. You know, and a lot of times, you know, when it came to you, Derek, you're six, four, so I all, you know, regardless of who the corner was, I always felt like if it was man or press coverage or whatever it was, and we're getting down, you know, near the red zone, whatever it may be, or if I had a, you know, a deep go route or, or anything like that, I'm like, I'm going to give this guy an opportunity to go make a play for us. You know, cause he can jump through the roof. He's got great body control. He can run. So, I mean, that's, and that's, again, that's what you have to do with a quarter uh, as a quarterback. And, you know, I have to bring this up now because I'm thinking about it, you know, since we're talking about routes. And we're talking about games, 2010 Penn State Northwestern. Tom, you're going to love this. Um, <laughs> I threw, if you remember, Tom, I threw the touchdown to Moy down the sideline. Uh, it was a go route. It, well, it was a go route on film. And I'll, I'll never forget it because it wasn't even the right route. So if you go back and you watch the highlight, Moy stumbles if he, if, as he gets off the line of scrimmage. It was supposed to be a shake route, post-corner shake route. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at him, I'm like, Come on, come on, make the move, make the move to the corner. And he just kept running. I'm thinking, holy crap, he's going. And I just launch it down the sideline. But like that's, we had that connection. You just kind of knew, like, I remember him glancing back and looking at me. I just thought, I'm like, he's going, he's going. And again, that's giving somebody an opportunity to make a play. But then 
creating as well. And you have to be on the same page with your wide receiver. Boy, where, do you, where do you think that came from? No, man. I mean, I think that like, once, once again, going back to like what I said about watching you and like AJ Price, you know, AJ and I were very similar builds. So um, I saw that you and him had a little bit of a chemistry on, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you guys had a chemistry on the scout team field. Um, and then once you started getting reps with us um, as moving up, it was like, you know, once again, you didn't necessarily favor me, but I think that you, you know, you saw some things within me that it, it was, we were able to kind of um, establish that connection. And, you know, as far as that play specifically, it was like one of those things of like, you know what, I messed up at the beginning of the play. Um, so I'm going to go where I'm supposed to be. And I have, I have trust in my quarterback enough that he's going to throw it to where it's supposed <laughs> to be. <laughs> it's that old adage. It's just like cover your eyes and just like, well, he's down there somewhere. We'll exactly. see what it's, it's like Ryan Fitzpatrick with his helmet pulled to the side and still completes the pass against the Raiders. <laughs> um, Derek, you know, we, when we, again, we had Brackett and Zug on and, the selflessness was what jumped out to me with those two guys. And then with yourself, what was it like sharing targets and sharing the load with those guys? I mean, with, with them, it's awesome. Just because, I mean, like you said, they're there, we, we were all a uh, very similar group as far as selflessness goes. Um, and then even if you want to talk about when they leave with, um, you know, Justin Brown and we had, we did some things with like Davon Smith, um, Curtis Drake, all of us, you know, we all knew that um, the ultimate goal was to win games. Um, we, everybody wanted to have the individual success. Everybody wanted to, um, you know, have the stats and make the plays. But at the end of the day, if we were able to go out there and win games, I mean, that's kind of, you know, that's, that's what, that's what we were there for. That's what we were there to do. Absolutely. Uh, it was a team effort. It seemed like that all the time. And at least from a fan perspective, um, from your perspective, you know, you are redshirted 2007, 08, 09, 2010, 2011, you get your opportunities, but you saw, the span of you saw Daryl Clark, you then saw Rob Bolden, Kevin Newsom, Matt McGloin fighting over the starting job for a while, and then Matt ultimately solidifies it. I think it's talked about a lot in terms of wide receivers having familiarity with their quarterbacks and quote unquote quarterback controversies, et cetera. But what was that like for you as a member of the receiving core? I mean, it was tough because I think that, um, you know, I, I think having a different quarterback, like going from Daryl to you know, whoever the quarterback was going to be the next year wasn't like a big thing just because we knew Daryl was gone. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the, the tough part was that, um, you know, the two quarterback system um, and just, you know, it is what it is. If you want to start that way, cool. Like see, play it out, see what's going what's going to happen. But I think it was pretty clear. Um, I know it was pretty clear from a team standpoint and also probably from a fan standpoint as well, uh, you know, who the quarterback should have been. Um, so, you know, and knowing that it was frustrating, but at the same time, you kind of have to take a step back and say, hey, like, let me control what I can control. And let me go out there, um, regardless of who's that quarterback, um, you know, I, I got to go out there and, and make the plays that um, I'm able to make. I got to do what I'm able to do, um, the best I'm able to do it in order to help us get um, get a win. Right now, as you mentioned, you're helping to, you know, train and recruit and just maybe mentor young players. So you're kind of seeing the ground zero, so to speak, of maybe your position wide receiver develop and evolve as the years go by. And it's something Matt and I have talked about on the show. We've had Alan Robinson on before and we dove into the evolution of Penn State receivers, especially under James Franklin. Largely, those guys tend to be smaller, faster guys. We've seen that with Jahan Dotson, KJ Hamler, now Parker Washington this upcoming season. But, you know, you had yourself and Brackett, granted Brackett at times was listed as a tight end, but he could play wide receiver. That just brought a whole new element that you're seeing less and less of, it seems like, as 
college football seems to evolve. What's your perspective on how wide receiving has changed? You know what? I mean, it's, it's crazy because I obviously, I, like you said, I do it with, see it with the coaching. And I think um, a lot of the stuff that I was maybe like teaching, say, two years ago, I'm still teaching it. But it's like now I got to kind of um, add some more stuff on because the game is kind of having that trickle down effect of um, the things that were being just done in NFL. They're being done in college now. The things that are just being done in college, you know, they're being done in high school. And even in some instances at the youth, youth level, you know, you, you'll see some, I have some kids that come out, you know, 13, 14 years old. And I'm very big on like starting with the basics and, um, and continuing with the basics to, 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 to always have those fundamentals to, to rely on. Um, but you'll see some of these kids come in and it's like, man, they're, they're, um, they're far beyond learning the basics right now. <laughs> It's amazing. I mean, are there little things that you're seeing that they're maybe seeing something on TV in terms of, well, I saw this guy make this catch and I'm trying to do something that's a little bit outside of the fundamentals and you try and corral them or are they pretty, pretty disciplined? Well, I mean, I mean, I think it's at the end of the day, everybody wants to do what, um, what they see on the internet. You know, when you see Odell Beckham doing a workout and, you know, he's, he's, they got it all cut up and he's doing everything. He's looking smooth in his cuts and everything like that. And, you know, and that's good, but he didn't, he didn't start, he didn't start there. Um, you know, he probably started with the basics, started doing, um, you know, snapping down at the top of his routes, doubling up off his releases, um, stacking defenders, things like that, that I think a lot of the um, maybe get, gets lost in the sauce, I guess that you might say. Um, so, you know, for me, it's kind of sometimes pulling them back and say, hey, like, I'm fine with you having your own flavor, doing whatever you want to do. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all, it all has to start from the ground up. Let's cycle back a little bit. What was your recruitment process like to Penn State? Um, you know what I mean. So I I played so I played running back in high school. Um, so I played running back in high school, and you know the recruiting process now from what it was obviously a lot different. I went to I think two camps. I went to an Adidas camp my junior sophomore junior year, and then I went to a Nike camp at Penn State actually. And both camps I did like I did pretty good. Um, so, you know, Tom, Tom Bradley ended up giving me an offer. Um, and I look back and I will say that, like, the Penn State offer was a lot different for me from any of the other offers. Like, I didn't really know where I wanted to go, but I do remember just, like, my emotions being different and, and feeling more when I got an offer from Penn State. Um, you know, so from there, I, I kind of – I was somebody, man, I wanted to focus on my season. I wanted to focus on trying to, you know, win a WPL championship, trying to win a state championship. And um, just, you know, have my complete focus on, on doing that. So I wasn't really – I was talking to the coaches, you know, on a weekly basis. They would visit my school. But as far as, like, visits go and everything like that, um, I didn't, didn't do – I only did two. I did one to Pitt and I did one to Penn State. Um, and those are – you know, that's kind of what it came down to for me. And ultimately, when I went to Penn State on my visit, um, they put me with A.Q. Shipley. So um, I had a good time with him. <laughs> and, um, you know, but I just felt like – I felt at home. Um, I felt like it was where I was meant to be. I felt like I belonged. So um, it kind of made it a pretty, pretty easy decision for me, actually. Before you, Matt, I want to let you get in here, yeah. but I, I got to ask, uh, how much fun did you have with AQ Shipley? Because I've heard of how much fun AQ is through uh, a mutual coworker, Pat McAfee, once upon a time, and he loves AQ. So what are your memories that you could share? Listen, I mean, we, we just I just put it this way. We had an awesome time. It was a canning weekend. And we still had an awesome time. So <laughs> understood. McGloin, take it away. <laughs> I, you know, fast forward, you know, through, throughout your career at Penn State, you end up playing in 47 career games. And, you know, when you look at those, like 
those, those years and those seasons. I mean, three of those years, in my opinion, were legit. 09, 10, and 11, right? You, you had, you know, 785 yards receiving in 09, 885 and 10, and then 654 and 11. And I think in 11, you played, played 10 games. I mean, you were an explosive wide receiver, you know, big playability, big catchability, the ability to create downfield. And like, for me, I, I think when I look back, I think you're one of the more underrated wide receivers to ever come through the program at Penn State. Why is that? Um, you know what? I appreciate you saying that, but um, I, I really do think it's just because uh, maybe my demeanor, just a little bit like more laid back, calm. And also I do think um, just maybe the time period that, that I played it. I think a lot of time, a lot of, um, you know, Penn State fans kind of want to probably forget about that time a little bit just because everything that happened with Sandusky. Um you know, and I just think that, like, other than – I think I guess – never mind. We, our teams weren't necessarily, like, great teams either. You know, we had some pretty solid teams. Um, but as far as, like, you know, the – whatever, the 05, the Orange Bowl team. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. there's teams that stick out in your mind. I don't really necessarily say that um, that any of our teams necessarily are one of those teams that, like, stick out. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball every fan is covered head over to their website smackapparel.com and use the promo code paydirt at checkout for 10 percent off again that's smackapparel.com promo code paydirt at checkout why wear boring when you can wear smack it's probably hard as tom mentioned earlier following guys like jordan norwood you know uh, Derek williams and the rest of that that crew that that we had you know i kind of feel like the fans saw that and then after that, they were probably thinking to themselves like, well, you know, there goes some of the best ever in the program. And it's like, all right, who's next? You know, um, but I think you were that guy for us, man. And, you know, I know for me, you made my job a heck of a lot easier, <laughs> you know, on that field each and every Saturday, knowing that I had somebody like you who, you know, you can count on, um, you know, who's going to be consistent, know what they're going to do every single play, know that where they're going to be, man. And, you know, you have trust in that person and, you know, uh, when I look at it now and I've talked to, you know, a few people, um, you know, that, that I had the opportunity to play with there and, you know, eight, nine, 10 and 11 who weren't on the team in 2012, um, you know, w- you know, kind of wishing they had one more year at Penn state. Do you wish that you had one more year and were able to play there in 2012 with Bill O'Brien, that staff and that offense? I mean, look at, you know, look at the way Allen played, you know, in 2012. And I bring that up because, you know, nobody knew who that next big wideout was going to be after you. Allen had three catches as a freshman. And I think he went, he went into 20, finished his 2012, went in 2012 with three catches, finished his 2012 with think 81 or something like that. So did you, did you feel like you kind of missed out there? <laughs> absolutely. 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 I mean, I think I was like, you know, I, like you're, it's one of those things you're, you're, you're done and moved on. So you're like, it is what it is. But like, I'm sitting there watching the games and Allen's got like, He's getting, you know, 10, 12, 13 tar- targets. And I'm like, man, like what? Like I was lucky to get five. That was like a high number for me. So um, 
yeah, I definitely would have liked to have another year um, in at Penn State in a different offense. Absolutely. How, how well you mentioned Mike, you know, McQuarrie earlier. How well did Mike prepare you to play wide receiver at the NFL level? Because to this day, I've always felt like Mike was one of the better coaches that I was around. Um, you know, I just felt like he understood how to get the best out of his wide receivers every day. Yeah. So, man, I, I love um, Mike as a coach. You know, he definitely um, he was somebody that at the beginning as a freshman receiver and somebody like um, if, you, if he saw some potential in you, you you hated him. Um, and I like my freshman year. I mean, I, I just I didn't like him very much because, you know, he's he's loud. He's in your face. And it's like it's just extra. And I'm like, come on, man, just like, just relax. But, um, you know, he's doing it for a reason because he sees the potential in you. And, um, you know, the biggest thing that I, I'm appreciative to him for, maybe not the biggest, but I think um, just from, once again, I said I played running back in high school. And I didn't necessarily, um, you know, just, I, didn't, I knew football, whatever, but I didn't know much about the receiver position, just about the passing game in general. And he was able to teach us the receiver position from a quarterback perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he would sit down with us and talk about cover three, cover two, how many, how many underneath zones, how many deep zones are there? Um, you know, who, what, if a guy's blitzing, what defenders are replacing them, what are the weak parts in the zone? Um, you know, things like that, that I think a lot of, um, maybe a lot of receivers coaches might overlook. And I think he's somebody that for us, that was big. And for me, I mean, it was like, I just, you just have an understanding. And sometimes it's like, if the, the, the quarterback coach might not be, t- be teaching the same things. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, he shouldn't be throwing me this ball right now, but I'm, but the quarterback coach is telling him to throw here. So like, um, yeah, but, and I'm also appreciative to Mike because he was somebody, man, he cared about us on a personal level. Um, you know, he was one of the few coaches um, that I've ever had that really just like, you know, we're coming in and we're having meetings We're we're down for our, our, our player, our, whatever, our group meeting. And um, it's just like, you know what, let's just talk today. We're not going to talk about football. Let's just talk about life. Uh, what's going on in your like Derek, what's going on in your life? Um, Justin, what's going on in your life? And, um, you know, he would tell us some things that were going on in his life that, um, you know, I'm sure other coaches might not feel comfortable saying to their group. But, I mean, it was just something that um, that I really appreciate, appreciated him, appreciated, appreciated about him as a leader. It's fantastic to hear that, Derek, just because now, you know, 2022, the onus on mental health uh, for everybody, but especially for athletes, has just become so, uh, so much more magnified. So to hear that during your time in school is really spectacular. Um, Looking back on your time, um, what were some of your favorite environments to play in that were not at Beaver Stadium? Um, So I think the my favorite would, would be Ohio State, like. Ohio State for sure. I mean, when they play with the Seven Nation Army, like you can't help but just bop around a little bit, you know. <laughs> um, Iowa for sure. Like, yeah. um, you know, Iowa's so crazy just because they're right up on you. You know, they, that that crowd is right up on you. Um, you know, I was there. I didn't really play very much when we uh, went out there in 08 and lost. And um, you know, it was just. I mean, it was it was it was an insane insane atmosphere. Um, and the last one, I mean, I, I it was someone a place I really liked. I'm not really sure if it would make many others top top list, but um, it's Northwestern. Um, I just really like Northwestern. Just it gave me like kind of like a high school vibe. Yep. Um, you know, you walk down like a little ramp. Um, not necessarily a lot of people there, but um, everything's not like the grass. The grass isn't the best. Um, 
I don't know. I just I, it was something about it was, and we think we played there uh, Saturday night. It kind of felt like a Friday night lights type of game. Has a homey feel. Like, like you feel at home at Northwest. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've, I've always felt that way. Yeah. Fitzgerald's done a really nice job getting that program to you know take a step up. Obviously, since you guys have been in school, no disrespect to Northwestern or anything like that. Uh, they do a great job, Matt. What about you in terms of road atmospheres, places away from Beaver Stadium that you loved? Yeah, no, I, it's Northwestern. I've talked about I talk about that all the time. Northwestern is my favorite field slash stadium to play because you did feel at home there. Like it was just it, it, it was a comfort thing. Like you didn't have to, you know, settle in or anything like that. I just, you know what I mean? I felt like we were playing at home. You know, you bring up Iowa. I mean, that, the, the, the way they do things at Iowa for Iowa home games is incredible. Um, one of the better atmospheres I think I've ever been a part of, you know, and I, Derek, I, in 2012, we played on the road there. They, they did that black, yellow stripe out all around the stadium. The crowd, the crowd was extremely loud. Fortunately, we were able to you know, score early on there and take the crowd out a little bit, man. But that, that was an incredible sight. And the locker room's pink. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, I always hear about yeah. that. Yeah, is yeah. it really calming or is it just weird? I think it's, it's kind of weird. It's, 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 it's <laughs> stupid. It's just stupid. But you know what it does? Man? Like, look, it, it's, it makes you think because you know it's pink. You're thinking about that fact that it's pink. You walk in, you're like, oh, look at this pink. It's stupid. So it gets you talking about it. So, I mean, I guess – you know, it's wasting your wasting a little bit of your time, you know, think about it and stuff like that. I remember stretching out in the hallway though, not even like, you know, stretching or, or getting ready in the locker room or anything like that. Um, but again, Ohio State's obviously it's comparable to an NFL atmosphere, an NFL stadium. Um, Wisconsin's awesome. We didn't have the greatest experience there in 2011, though, Moy. Um, that that was a tough game. You know, we got up early. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, all right let's go like this is going to be a big one we're going to dominate today and then we just kind of struggled um you know from there on out um but i mean it's the one of the best things about big 10 football is that every place has its own thing every place is unique every atmosphere and every environment is different and now that's that's what makes what makes the big 10 so special Derek, looking back on your time all together at Penn State and especially your time in the NFL, you had some great opportunities with four different teams. Um, what did the game of football teach you? I mean, the game of football, I mean, it teaches you so many lessons, uh, so many lessons, so many things about life. Um, for me, I mean, I think it's really just uh, teamwork, you know, being a part of a team. I think um, I, excuse me, I grew up, um, you know, in a small town, Rochester, Pennsylvania, which is um, a football town. You know, we, I think I graduated maybe 65 kids. Um, I was on – my brother, he won two state championships in high school, and I was the manager for those teams. So um, I was able to kind of, like, see from an early age just, like, um, one, the different, different aspects of football, from the coaches to the trainers to the players and just, like, how people treat each other. Um, and just also – and then also just, like, the closeness between those people. Um, so that's something that, like, I think that sport – um, in general, but specifically football just creates that such that uh, such a family, um, such a family atmosphere. And, you know, it's one of those things that's true that people always say, like, you, you're in the locker room and, you know, you don't see race, you don't see religion, you don't see political views. It's one of those things where, you know, everyone comes together because you realize that you're working towards a common goal. Very well said. Couldn't put it any better than that. Derek, thank you so much for joining us here on Pater. Uh, are you going to be paying attention to the 2022 Penn State season? Yeah, I'll definitely. I'll keep up for sure. <laughs>
Good, good. Okay, we'd love to have you back on the show. I'd be very curious to hear what you think of the likes of Parker Washington, uh, Mitchell Tinsley, Keandre Lambert-Smith. There's some interesting wide receivers and tight ends there right now. Uh, you should definitely keep your eye on them. Absolutely. I mean, I, I keep, like I said, I keep up a little bit, so I think um, I'm excited about their season. Beautiful. Derek, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.